With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That matters. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mint. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two, five minutes after the hour of 11 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 on the FM dial. We take you until noon. CJ Moore coming up here in about 20 minutes from The Athletic. We will go inside the bracket with C.J. Moore. Look forward to catching up with him. Look forward right now to file with our friend Michael Swain 24-7 Sports CycloneAlert.com As we can read all about Iowa State Michael joins us with the very latest on basketball. Their pro day is today did you say Trent or coming up? Yeah it's coming up. I I think it was today I saw the tweet come across yesterday. Gotcha. Well maybe Michael knows. Michael, Trent and Ken as always we appreciate you coming on the program. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. And Trent, you are right. The uh, today's the day for the pro day, and it can't be a, a very long roster, right? Everybody's coming back for crying out loud. Jaquan Bailey, who am I missing? You've got Landon Acres um, is yep. going to be there, yep. and Anu Wongu, um, okay, yeah, Saner and Lawrence White. You've actually got about as many yeah. guys from last year's team as you do from this 2020 team. You know, Jamal Johnson mm-hmm. is back, Marcel Spears, Deshante Jones, Braxton Lewis, um, Amichi Walker's back too. Mm. So there's a, a, a good group of kind of past Cyclones that are back because they obviously didn't get their pro day last year because of the pandemic and everything being shut down with the uh, NFL draft as well. So really good opportunity for a lot of these Cyclones to kind of make a name for themselves with the NFL draft, you know, just around the corner. No, you're right. And I, I get the um, the four that could have come back but chose to move on. I mean, Jaquan played. Bailey had a heck of a role. Sack leader at the, at, at the school. Lawrence White, I thought he had a really nice career. He's going to be missed. Uh, Dylan Saner, I know he doesn't get the pub of the other two tight ends, but he had a significant impact uh, in a blocking role. And more than that, he caught the ball in his final year, too. Uh, and a Akers has some speed, so uh, more extensive list than I thought. Michael, thank you for updating us on that. And a lot of kids coming back, as uh, as you mentioned, uh, Spears, one of them that uh, had a terrific career, and I think kind of got overshadowed by the rest of that linebacking core. But anyway, so he'll get his chance to shine before the scouts uh, here today. Uh, so let's go to T.J. Otzelberger and. We're starting to see a couple of kids hit the transfer portal. We're seeing one. Well, help us out with the recruit who. Thought he was coming to Iowa State. None, I believe, is his last mm-hmm. name, right? Uh, but didn't actually sign at Iowa State. Um, 
he's, he's, he says that he's no longer committed to Iowa State because he he didn't get a phone call from any of the uh, the new members of the coaching staff. I, I have no problem with Otzelberger wanting to move on. Probably should have reached out and told him uh, personally. But uh, that aside. Um, there's going to be some opportunities here as far as this roster. There's going to be changeover, Michael. Definitely. And, and starting with Jaden Nunn, you know, it is an interesting situation because he was one that has an Iowa State connection through his relationship with Monte Morris. They were both Flint, Michigan natives. They've known each other for a long time. And Monte, I think, not a big role, but they talked about Iowa State plenty of times before he committed. And so Jaden committed. Um, back on Christmas Eve, I, I still remember. Yeah, Christmas Eve. And then, so the way the signing period works, you got the early signing period in November. The next signing period doesn't open until April. So he didn't have an opportunity to kind of mm. bind to Iowa State with that national letter of intent. So he was kind of free to decommit um, if he chose, and he did. Um, he said he did not hear from TJ Alsoberger. Um, and I think that was probably a, a big reason why. And I think it's an interesting decision, you know, first and foremost, because, of course, he is someone that is committed, but also because, you know, TJ had to commit from his same team. You know, Jay Nunn is teammates with uh, Kaluma from, you know, who was committed to UNLV and TJ there. So it's just an interesting, I guess, decision, and maybe there's consequences there, too, if, you know, Kaluma is a target for TJ Altsberger. I've not, you know, gotten that confirmed 100% if, you know, that's someone that Iowa State is going after right now, but... Yeah, you are right. The roster really is in flux right now, and it's going to be a really interesting next week, two weeks to a month in terms of how this roster shakes out. Danielle Robinson, a longtime assistant now. Him and TJ were on the staff of McDermott, of course, connection to Hoiberg, and now here today, probably the biggest piece of the news, and I'm sure something you're getting asked a lot at Cyclone Alert with all the recruiting, his connection with Tyrese Hunter. He was Danielle Robinson, the lead recruiter for Hunter, if I, if I read correctly, right? Yes, so that that's kind of where the continuity comes into play here. And I think the addition of Micah Byers, too, I know you didn't mention him by name, but I think that's a big one to get retained, too, just in terms of having mm-hmm. continuity with the guys because yep. he does spend a lot of time on a day-to-day basis with a lot of the players. So having him stick around is really important for keeping some of the important guys that are on the roster right now, mm-hmm. like Xavier Foster, keeping them around. Now, when it comes to Tyrese Hunter, um, that's an interesting situation because – He's someone that if he were to choose to look elsewhere, he would have a lot of suitors. And when I say a lot, I mean like a lot. <laughs> Tech jumped in on him late. Wow. Um, he was someone that would have, a, you know, just a lot of people would be looking at him. Now, the question is, you know, of course, TJ Altenberger had the Zoom call with him on Friday. Um, you know, it sounds like things went well with the Zoom call, but now we're kind of in a wait-and-see point with it mm. where, you know, I think Tyrese is talking with a lot of the people around him and trying to get the best advice possible for what's best for his career. Um, and right now I don't know if there's a specific timetable for when he is going to make that decision. I, I couldn't for certain give you a, it's going to be this week, it's going to be next week. I think it's one of those things where he's going to have to kind of feel this out and see how maybe things play out and see what is in his best interest. Because, you know, obviously I think Iowa State fans would love to have him on campus, but I think you also have to kind of respect, you know, what he wants to do, which we don't know yet. So I think it will be interesting to see what maybe he ends up deciding to do because if he does stay with Iowa State, that's a really big win for yeah. T.J. Altsberger right off the bat. Yeah, no doubt about it. I I thought, you know, that uh, both Milwaukee guys are from the immediate area. I thought that that would go a long way, T.J. from mm-hmm. there. Um, and Robinson, as you mentioned, uh, sticking around the continuity there. So I, I know you said that there's no decision, but what, does it sound like maybe April 
Don't you think we would know something by by April? Maybe I mean, timetable wise, give us kind of the parameters. Do you think? Yeah, I would say probably a month, just yeah. because I think at that point you're looking at whenever the next signing period opens. Um, it would be in that, that I think that first or second week of April. So I would probably say you know within the next month, just because at that point then you're really kind of pushing the limit in terms of you know who's going to be looking for spots. Now the coaching carousel is going to be very interesting to see kind of how things play out. You know, you see Minnesota, a lot of guys have entered the transfer portal from there. Yep. Um, and so we'll see kind of, you know, what recruits pop up, what, you know, scholarships pop up at certain schools. And I think to some degree, this could be a, a not a wait and see game with Tyrese Hunter, but where he might just wait a little bit just to see how things kind of play out across the country a little bit. Um, Cause there is so much that's uncertain right now in terms of head coaching positions across the country, who's going to the NBA, who's staying, who's going, a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I would probably say I don't think this week, I think that would probably be too soon. But I think once we get maybe past that two-week mark, I think we'll probably be in a decision watch, if you will. Interesting. Uh, Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. So we, we know Tyler Harris is uh, in the transfer portal. Uh, Donaldstone Dubar has now made it clear that he's also going to be part of it. What about, uh, is is that where it's going to end um, do you anticipate, are you hearing any murmurs out there that maybe those aren't the last uh, to enter the transfer portal from last year's roster? Yeah, I don't think those will be the last two. Um, I think there's probably going to be some more we'll see, maybe this week, maybe mm-hmm. next week. But yeah, I'm definitely expecting some more. Um, and I think maybe the next week will tell us a lot about what TJ Otzelberger thinks of the roster and what the prospects look like for 2020, 2021, 2022. Because I think some decisions we could see could end up kind of giving us a barometer for what success should be next season. Um, and I think we'll, you know, we'll let the guys make their own decisions and kind of all that stuff. But I, I think this could be a really important week, 10 days in terms of seeing what that next year's roster could look like and what the expectations should be. Because, you know, Jamie Pollard has made it a point that it's going to be a multi-year rebuild. And I think I was honestly of the opinion that you know, if you kept guys like, you know, like Rasheer Bolton, you know, mm-hmm. like Hinson, you get Tyrese Hunter, if Xavier Foster has a really good summer, you know, all of a sudden you're kind of looking at a, at a halfway decent rotation to start the season if you're looking to win games right off the bat. Now, I think there's another avenue you could take where you want to say, hey, let's, let's really clean house. Let's try and establish this culture in year one instead of trying to maybe hedge your bet a little bit and win some games in year one while also trying to establish the culture so, you know, I think this is a really important week for us kind of understanding how T.J. Otzelberger thinks about this roster and what maybe the expectation should be for next season. So you guys at 24-7, Michael, it's incredible how much of the transfer portal that you have and that you know about. Mm. I saw Travis Brandon, one of your national analysts, I had the number today, 733 people going into the day. We're already in the portal. If you can, go a little inside baseball here. How does it work for you guys at 24-7, and how seemingly you guys are always breaking the news and know just how many people are inside the portal? Yeah, um, of course, it, I think it starts off with you know good sources and that stuff, but we do have the database um, where we were able to, with all of our player profiles that we create when these guys are recruits, to where when they get to the schools, we mark them for these new schools, and when they enter the transfer portal, we're able to mark them as entered the portal. So if you go on our website, we've got a really cool tab where you can search through the portal yourselves. If you're into transfers, I really encourage you to go have some fun with it. You know, you can really look and see what, you know, what schools have a lot of transfers. You can see what schools have very few transfers. You can see the schools that have picked up the most transfers from the portal so far. 
um, you know, we've got a really a lot of cool stuff that we're able to do because we have kind of the player database that starts off with the recruiting aspect of things. Um, so yeah, right now, you know, the names are really going up and it's crazy that we're almost kind of all, we're approaching double the names at this point that there were at this point last season. <laughs> so it, it's really cool what we're able to do with, you know, all the player profiles and all of our big database. Uh, Got to push you a little bit, and I'm not asking you to name names, uh, but you sound like they're, they're probably, you would be surprised if there's not one or two more. Um, Xavier Foster, is there any buzz there? Because obviously they want to keep him. It was so disappointing that his season ended the way it did. He could have gained valuable minutes down the stretch playing in the month of February in the Big 12. Wouldn't have made a difference record-wise in a likelihood, but for his career would have been a huge, huge a step forward. Not asking to name names other than the fact, is, is there any murmurs out there about Foster? You know, that's not one that I've heard. Good. And I think that that's a, a good sign, I think, for Iowa State fans, that I think it seems like right now, I you know emphasize that you know, right now yep. things can change very quickly, um, especially when things are so uncertain as they are right now with everyone kind of getting adjusted to a new head coach. But no, Xavier Foster is not one of the ones that I would be very shocked right now is what I'll say. If you were to enter the transfer portal this week, let's say, just purely speculative, I would be very surprised if that were to happen. So I don't think he's one that's probably on his way out. Good news, certainly there for Cyclone fans and a guy that showed upside in his limited minutes out on the hardwood. So we're talking a lot about transfers. We're talking about that market and, and everything that goes into it. It's a wild time. But I do want to go to away from Iowa State a moment to your alma mater and Kansas. <laughs> Watching that clubbing last <laughs> night. Boy, for how much good basketball you've what said. What was the line, Trent? Was it two? We had one and a half, two. Jeez. Yeah, is what it went off. Mm-hmm. You've watched a lot of great basketball in your life as a Jayhawk <laughs> fan and an alum. That one had to be difficult to swallow last night. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I, I was thinking, I was talking about this with some of my other friends about you know the, the Kansas losses in the NCAA tournament. And the last three losses have been really bad. You know, you've got the one yesterday against USC. You've got the one against Auburn two years ago. And then, of course, Villanova in the Final Four where they got smacked in that game, too. So it seems like, you know, as of late, Kansas just, when they're going out of the NCAA tournament, they seem to get smacked. But I think that this Kansas team was not necessarily one of the great ones. I think anyone that watched a lot of Big 12 basketball this season could tell that this was not a a great Kansas team. You know, uh, good players, but maybe not necessarily the most cohesive fit. Um, but yeah, that was not a lot of fun to, uh, to watch last night. But I, I guess also, you know, kind of getting used to it with how kind of the NCAA tournament exits have gone the last three tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to Iowa State. Bobby Lutz resigned the same day that TJ Otzelberg was named. A lot of folks immediately connecting the dots. Of course, Lutz has an Iowa State uh, history there. We're also hearing a name, Tim Buckley, is a name to watch that TJ had at UNLV. And he's been around. In fact, he was at Iowa with Alford in Alford's final year here briefly. Been around a lot. He's in his 50s. He's that veteran coach that, you know, coaches like to have as a sounding board that's been, you know, in a lot of gyms and a lot of games in his career. Anything on Lutz? And are you hearing anything on Tim Buckley? No, I've not heard a ton on Lutz. I, I, I think right now at this point I'd be not surprised, but I don't think that's necessarily the most likely option. Um, Buckley is an interesting one because I think he also has a lot of experience kind of in the Midwest with uh, Tom Crean uh, working for him on the Indiana staff. And it certainly seems like, you know, with Robinson staying around, of course, you know, T.J. Otzelberger has plenty of Midwest connections. It'd be really interesting to see kind of how the rest of the staff rounds out if they really do kind of go all in on this Midwestern connections thing where, you know, you compare it to the Steve Prohm era where it was some Midwest, some South, you know, kind of really those two areas where, 
if you hire, let's say, uh, Tim Buckley to go with, you know, your, your Robinson plus TJ, you know, that's a really pretty strong start to a staff in terms mm-hmm. of the, the Midwestern connections and an ability to recruit. Um, so we've got the first two names, you know, today with Byers and Robinson. Um, seems like we might be able to hear some more names later this week. Um, there could be some more announcements, but not 100% certain on that right now. Yeah, I've watched Tim Buckley. That seems to have some legs. We'll see where it goes. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael, you're good at this. We appreciate what you do for us. Um, when will you, um, what kind of access, I mean, I'm guessing it'll be all Zoom, but when spring football rolls uh, rolls around, you guys will be all over it at CycloneAlert.com. And that's April 1st, is that right? Yeah, that's they haven't given a specific date with an announcement yet, but when we got to talk to Matt Campbell in early March, he was kind of saying the goal was to kind of start in that first week of April to where you've got kind of your four weeks of spring ball. It ends in May. The guys can go home for a month in May and then kind of come back and ready to hit the ground running for summer stuff when uh, June comes around. But, yeah, so it seems like kind of that April 1st-ish date is probably the target right now. We will rely on you to help us out as we make our way through the month of April in spring football. Michael, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Definitely. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Did you find him? Yes. He's good. He's really good. Does a good job yeah, of it. I like it. Young kid. And even Cyclone fans, yes, the Jayhawks stink. Is, is, we're working it out of him, right? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that would be tough to watch. Well, we know what it was like. Yeah. You, you Hawkeye fans. Went through like, it just a few a years end. earlier. It, what, are we going to get good Sweet 16 games? Because if you, yes. you look at the overall bracket now. Okay, let me get it in front of me. All right, go yeah. ahead. So you got still three ones around, right? Yep. It, there's been so much to all these upsets. Mm-hmm. and Although Michigan, I, well, they didn't. They moved on. But, boy, mm-hmm. that was like 76 apiece at one point. Hair on fire, right? Uh-huh. In, in order to get to that spot. Still got a number two that's incredibly fun to watch in Alabama. Mm-hmm. I They they crushed Maryland yesterday. I thought that would yes. be a closer game. You have Arkansas, another Muscleman mm-hmm. who's a goober. <laughs> He's just yeah. I mean, taking a shirt off and jumping on top of scores tables. Yeah. And an Arkansas program that, for me... And my generation, that was a power program uh-huh. for a long time. Yeah. And finally back in the Sweet 16. And then you get the, the upset. It feels like it is the kind of the perfect marriage of, all right, you still got heavyweights in here. Yes, there's no Kentucky Duke. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you still got some heavyweights. And you get the Oral Roberts story. Mm-hmm. And even get a double-digit seed that's UCLA. That's one of the most championships ever. Right. Another one on the other side of the bracket. Buddy Buckets and his yes. pops. It feels like kind of that perfect mix of everything that you want. Uh-huh. Now let's just get some good games. No, let's get you. a buzzer beater. I'm with you. We've got some time to talk about that. Uh, I mean, Loyola, Chicago, what a great story, right? The favorite in the Midwest? <sighs> they, Yeah. They'd be my betting favorite. I if would I, think, right? If I was given a free play, that's probably where I would throw my money Do you, behind. Can Syracuse beat Houston? Oh, yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Oregon State's tough, but Rutgers had Houston beat. I know they did. Trent, they cost two. themselves the game. They went into a slowdown. They only had a three-point lead. Yeah, that one. That one might be the biggest stinger of the Big Ten. Uh huh. They, they could have done. I agree with you. You know the thing that that really does stink for Iowa and and the buildup that you get here. The conversation. Oregon State hadn't won a tournament game since '82. And now with these extra two days, also the buildup that's mm-hmm. going to be talking about your program. Iowa basketball was talked about on a national scale this whole year. Yep. But people don't nationally pay attention to college basketball until this time. 
and you miss that opportunity to spotlight. Mm-hmm. People know Luca Garza, but to really know the kind of guy he was and the kind of person that he is, and you don't get that. That, I think, more than anything, really stings what could have been for this program. Yeah, You know, you, you planted this. I never even gave this a thought when I uh, watched the end of the game. I feel bad for Bohannon the way I it ended. Too. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be something looking back where kind of like Dicka says, Walter Payton, I should have got him a touchdown in that game. Yeah. Where Fran is going to say, yeah. I should have given that right. curtain call to Bohannon. He deserved it. All-time career leader in assists and three-pointers in the, in and the program. And secondary to what he did missing the free throw. Missing the free throw. All those things. Yeah. He... The relationship he built yeah. with the street family, right. and going after the NCAA, he loved it. Took the what did he take the uh, uh, the the floor mat or yes, something? Yes, yep, yeah. To begin with, and uh, didn't get that yeah. in that game. I'm with you, Trent. I never even thought about it till you mentioned it here this morning. Uh, we will take a timeout, but before we do that. We are going to do this. There's only, again, this happens four times a day, and it's only here for a limited time. KXNO wants to help double your stimulus. Win $1,400 right now by texting the keyword CHECK to 200-200. That's CHECK to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. CHECK to 200-200. Murph and Andy have one in the 2 o'clock hour. The Fanatics in the 4 o'clock hour. Morning Rush does does theirs in the early portion of their program in the 6 o'clock hour. C.J. Moore, college basketball from a national perspective. He writes at The Athletic. He joins us next. Miller and Condon are here until noon on 1460 KXNO and 102. KXNO. As our country climbs out of its slowdown, Wolf Construction chooses to look at the positive trends and face the new challenges head on. But to face these challenges, we need help. Wolf Construction is searching for framing and trim carpenters of all experience levels. If you have a positive attitude, a good work ethic, and if you want an opportunity with a company that offers great pay and benefits, we'd love to have you apply. Click the Now Hiring button at wolfconstruction.net to get started. Be a part of something. Is KXNO. The tournament is in full swing and the action hasn't disappointed. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers at the center of the action. Bet $1 on any tournament game and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds. I can even do that math. Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes, a $1 bet and that team winning their next game. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook has 100 to 1 odds on select fighters for this weekend's UFC 260. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100. If the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the victory, that's code KXNO for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sports book more details gambling problem called before by nitsa all right welcome back miller and condon just past 11 30 on des moines sports station 1460 kxno 106.3 fm 
Well, we mined the Athletic in hour number one for our friend Scott Dockerman from uh, the Athletic Course Covers Iowa. Let's go right back to that wonderful resource that the Athletic is. They've got a terrific special going on. Six months, a buck a month. It's a terrific, uh, terrific. In fact, I think it's the future of uh, sports journalism where we will go to read about our favorite teams and favorite sports. And C.J. Moore is with us. C.J. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thank you for coming on. How are you? Doing well. How about you guys? Doing well. Appreciate you coming on. A lot of ground to cover with you. Uh, the bracket, we're down to 16, as we know. I don't think that uh, necessarily it's the cakewalk for Gonzaga that I anticipated that it was going to be once we got to the Sweet 16. All of a sudden, with the way the Pac-12 has reared its head and knowing that uh, either USC or Oregon awaits, assuming they get by Creighton, I think the left side of the bracket's tougher than the right, CJ. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought initially, um, that that bottom right where Illinois was, was, was probably the toughest bracket and it's kind of gotten or toughest region. It's kind of gotten weird over there, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, with, with the way USC and Oregon are, are playing, I, I definitely think those teams are better than anticipated. Um, you know, it's going to take a team that's really athletic and really skilled to, to beat, the Zags and and I think USC, you know, has a special talent in in Evan Mobley, and if heck if his brother plays like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, that that could be a, a a dangerous matchup for the Zags. Now I will say, I watched USC a handful of times this year, and never looked like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other Mobley brother Isaiah, he never looked like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but you know, if they could repeat ninety percent of that performance against Gonzaga, they'd have a shot. CJ, two of the teams that I had crossed out of, of any kind of advancement were the two five seeds that are here. Villanova, after the injury to Gillespie, I think maybe I shouldn't be uh, betting against Jay Wright is what I'm learning here, yeah. even without that. But then Creighton, and we see it here in the Midwest, and that program, what they went through, still made the run to the championship game and then got blown out by Georgetown. Those two five seeds, pretty big surprises to me. How about you? Uh, you know, I, I actually had Creighton going this far. Um, so, you know, I, I think Creighton coming into this year was like a top 10 team, Mm -hmm. maybe underperformed just a little bit of expectations, but I still think that's a really good roster and and such a good team offensively that they can jump up and, 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 you know, get a, a, a a elite team on the right night. Cause, um, you know, not many teams can, can spread it and shoot it like, like the Jays can. So, um, no, that's, that's also kind of a dangerous matchup for, for Gonzaga because cause the Zags aren't elite defensively. And, um, you know, that Creighton can really score it. So we'll see there. But, you know, obviously I expect Gonzaga to win that game. And with Villanova, I mean, like you said, Jay Wright's amazing. Mm-hmm. One of the best coach teams in college basketball every year. Um, just so disciplined. Colin Gillespie was a, a, a really, really big part, you know, of that team. But, They've yet to play a single-digit seed, so um, it was two impressive wins, and and the way they beat North Texas was impressive. But I think you know without Colin Gillespie, it's going to be really, really hard to to match up against Baylor. C.J. Moore covers college basketball at the Athletic. He's with Miller in Condon. Uh, C.J. Porter Moser is um, he's on the cusp of of getting back to the Final Four again. He had opportunities. You would have to think. I, I believe he's going to have to say no again because those opportunities are going to come his way. What's the likelihood of Moser moving on, or does this seem like he's just a fit in Chicago? He just likes it there. 
um, and and wants to stay. D- does he strike you as that kind of coach? I mean, it could be a little bit of both. I think he's in a situation where he he can be really, really patient and, um, you know, go to a situation that he really likes. And, and you know, if, if Marquette's that or, heck, if Indiana comes after him, maybe, maybe he would be, um, you know, tempted to, to, to go to those places. The thing is, like, if Loyola Chicago hadn't won this conference tournament, probably it would have still gotten in the tournament but like it would have just barely gotten in right and like that's that's what's kind of wild that's that's why he might leave just because oh, man yeah. you got to have an incredible season even to make the NCAA tournament and 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 that's why I could see him maybe being tempted to leave but man that dude can coach like he is tremendous with X's and O's he's a tremendous defensive coach he's got energy for days like um I, I I always love talking to him. I got to, to know him a little better this summer doing zooms with him and some of his coaching buddies where they just trade film and trade ideas. Mm. And uh, it was really, really always fun to to listen to him talk about basketball. And I, I got an even you know bigger respect for him than I had before. And uh, you know, obviously everybody is seeing how good a coach he is. My favorite and I think maybe most intriguing Sweet 16 matchup is Florida State-Michigan. I think he can go a lot of different directions on that. Feels like Michigan getting more and more comfortable playing without livers, and you saw that progress last night in the victory and the comeback against LSU. Your thoughts on that game and Leonard Hamilton, boy, it just feels like he finds a bunch of 6'5 to 6'9 guys and just throws them out there. Always the tallest team in college basketball, seems like. They are again this year. Uh, and they're smaller than they were last year. So, yeah, L- Leonard Hamilton is, is probably one of the more underrated coaches out there, just the consistency he's had and um, been doing it for a long time. But, no, I, I uh, Michigan's win last night was impressive. Like, LSU has one of the more talented rosters around. Um, Cam Thomas is an incredible, incredible talent. You know, you're going to see that. He's going to be a high draft pick. But th- that was an impressive response from Michigan last night when, when LSU kind of had him on the ropes. And, um, you know, I, I still wish they could get Isaiah Livers back because I think the best teams in college basketball these days have a guy at the four spot that's more like a wing. I mean, you guys have seen it at, at Iowa State um, when they've had their best teams. It's just trended that direction. And, and they're, you know, they're playing a more traditional lineup um, with Brandon Johns out there at the four and, and, and Livers not out there. So I hope they're able to get him back because, you know, their t- team is is better without him, but there's there's still some really really good pieces left, and um, you know they definitely have enough to get to the final four without him. But you, you'd love to see him get back. Who knows though with that you know a, a foot injury that's tough. Uh, I do want to pick your brain on Syracuse Houston, but since you mentioned Iowa State, just your thoughts on T.J. Otzelberger, uh, Jamie Pollard naming him uh, to succeed Steve Prohm. Yeah, I, I think it makes sense because of his familiarity with the program. Um, the, the big thing is he's going to have to recruit. He's going to have to get some dudes. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the the most excitement um, Iowa State fans should have is, is you can go and look at the class he had coming in at UNLV, and it was the best class in that league. It was the is a top twenty class in all of college basketball. Um, so you know that gives you some hope that, that that he can recruit and get some players in there and and do it on a on a routine basis. I you know I, I think Steve is a good coach. Um, I think roster management ended up kind of being a problem and, and that they you know, had some really down years and, and probably had some guys leave before they anticipated. So, um, 
it's it's a big boy league he's coming into and and the coaches in this league are are pretty incredible so it's it's going to be a, a challenging job but but I, I understand the hire for sure uh Syracuse Houston um I personally I, I love the Bayheim story I mean what an opportunity to coach your son and the impact your son has on on the basketball team uh why can't they beat Houston why can't they be I mean they they could be Houston the way they're shooting the basketball mm-hmm. and um I, I I will say that I I think Syracuse is easier, not easy, but easier to face if you get them in the first round, the Sweet Sixteen, or the Final Four. It's time Meaning to prepare. You get basically a week to yeah. prepare for that zone because it's something you don't see very often. Great point. Um, I will say that Houston has had some success and experience facing maybe not the identical zone, but but some similar concepts the last couple of years against Tulsa in their league. So they at least have, um, you know, some, some prep going in that. And Kelvin Sampson is one of the best coaches and brains in, in all of college basketball. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll draw up some stuff to, to attack it, but, but you got to make perimeter shots. And, you know, maybe they got their bad shooting game out of them in this pass round. But, but definitely you're, I mean, absolutely Syracuse has a shot especially the way Buddy Bayham's going. C.J. Moore joining us from The Athletic. C.J., you've been on the college beat for a long time, and you've been doing it from Kansas for a lot of those years. Fill us in on the Jayhawks. Not last night. They got blown out. That happens. But the future of the program, I think certainly Iowa State fans and Big 12 fans around here want to know, when you look into your crystal ball, what do you see of the future of Kansas basketball? Oh, I mean, it's Kansas basketball, so I think it's going to be fine. Um it's what KU needs is is to find out what its penalty is yep. <laughs> because I think that's that's hurt them um, Bill Self in recruiting just because you know like a guy like Matthew Hurt at Duke um, is a guy he he felt like he probably would have landed if not for you know the potential NCA tournament ban and and whatnot so they need to get their penalty and face it and, and go get through that get to the other side of it. Um, I still, you know, next year if they they can land like a, a good point guard, um, I think it'll still be a, a, a solid team. But but the talent level is just not what it's been in the past, and, and a big part of that is is what they're going through with the NCAA. But once they get through that, I anticipate you know he's going to start getting some dudes again. A couple more minutes with CJ Moore. CJ yesterday, Oregon's guards outscored Iowa's guards sixty three to nothing. I, I don't think I've ever seen that in a box score ever, but that's what it was sixty three to zip. Just crazy. So when wow. you look back at Iowa and the the way that it ended, um, you know, with the regular season they were top five, top ten all year long. We felt as uh, I think as a state that this had, this was a an opportunity here uh, to certainly get to the Sweet Sixteen and exercise that demon. How would you summarize? Iowa's uh, season? I think it was a pretty good year. I mean, not excellent, but pretty good. Like, um, you know, the NCAA tournament's fickle, and, and you you get the wrong matchup, and you maybe don't make it as far as you should have. Um, you know, I, I, I think Iowa's not just a top 32 team. Like, that's a top 15, maybe even top 10 team in college basketball. And um, Oregon is, is, like Syracuse, a very difficult matchup on the, the second um, you know, second round or, or elite eight in the NCAA tournament because um, they, you know, oftentimes are Dan Altman switching up defenses, running his matchup zone. It's just tough to prep for. And, um, you know, Oregon caught fire. So 
I don't think you you completely judge it based off that game or based off what happened in the tournament. I think you, you you judge the whole picture and um, you know an incredible offensive team. Obviously that that program it got a little better defensively near the end, but you saw when they played some real dudes. Mm. Like it's, the defense is still still not great. Step behind, no doubt about it. CJ, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it again. The Athletic has a terrific special. A buck a month for the first six months is not just basketball, NFL. It's it's everything. Uh, if you have a fan of a professional team, a college basketball team, football team, you will find your team chronicled at The Athletic. CJ, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. CJ Moore uh, from The Athletic Talking College Basketball. Good stuff out of CJ. It's a good one. Yep. Good one. And uh, part of the Rolodex that need to open up a little bit more during yeah, basketball season. I don't think we since you and I have been working together, no. I think that's a first. You know, and you know my love of college basketball, and I've had so many different people, and need to open it up a little bit more every once in a while. We kind of, we love Doster. We love Norlander. Yeah. We get those guys, and hopefully you're going to have both those guys in the next day or two. But, yeah, there's a lot of great bas- basketball scribes out there. And even you know, when we get to the summertime and we're always looking for something Hit up those people a little bit more and see what the off-season storylines are. We'll do a better job of that. Okay. Sound good? I'll hold you to it. But, of course, we'll be talking baseball throughout the yes, summer. because we will. Opening day is a week from Thursday. A week from Thursday. Your Blue Jays are going to be good. Er. <laughs> right? Um, my Blue Jays are going to be in the hunt for the wild card. With the Cubs on the surface looking like they're going to be down from certainly where they've been the last half decade yep. plus. You love watching the Cubs, though. I do. Well, because you have to. Because that moves the needle. Baseball needle in the market. If they're on their way to a 75-win season. See, I think they're going to be better than that. You do. Okay. I mean, a pitching staff obviously worries you, yeah, right? Yeah, There's Jake Arrieta's got huge, huge um, pressure on him to... Uh, we know I mean, the professor's going to be fine. Um, the back end, yeah, we, we don't know. Uh, Arietta has to perform. Kimbrell... It kind of takes you back to the Rod Beck era. Yeah. Right? Shoot her on fire. Um, I think that they're going to be, they're in the right division. They are. I like Milwaukee and I like the Cardinals, clearly. Mm-hmm. But the Cubs can win AD3. Yes, they can. And that very well could be good enough to get into the playoffs. But if it isn't hitting that way, and it's July and they're 10 games under 500, yeah. a lot more Blue Jays, I'm going to guess for you. Yes. Yes, a lot more Cardinals, right? I just don't like the the the, the broadcast. McLaughlin's not your guy. I don't know why. He's yeah. okay. He's very milk toast. Yes, very just. You know what? I'm going to watch more this year. By the way, I just got killed for saying gooder <laughs> text. Um, I'm going to watch more White Sox because Benetti's so gifted. He's really good. Him and Stone are so good. It's a really good team. Mm-hmm. I like Bremer. I like I like the twist. Now, I'm, uh, will they settle on an analyst? They have it full time. They have not, so they're going to jump around. Seen. Okay, because yes. I don't. It depends who it is. Yeah, Morneau is okay. He's okay. I miss Bly Levin. Yeah, I was ready. The but continuity. I miss those. two. That's a big part of it yeah. too. If they got a little more Jack Morris, I like I like Jack. Mm-hmm. He was a good one. Yeah, he's okay. But you're probably player. only going to get him for 15 games, right? You know, and, is and that just that he just doesn't want to do it? I think so on a full time basis. Yeah. That's a lot, right? That's a lot of travel because mm-hmm. he lives in where Montana mm-hmm. or Wyoming, one of those Something two. I like think, that, yeah, part of the Big West. He's right. out there. Boy, he was a hell of a player, Trent. Good Nine God. days away from baseball, huh? Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. We'll take our final time out and come back and wrap up the program.
You know there's no basketball tonight. <laughs> you would be wrong about that. Not what? Only, well, the NIT's Thursday. It is. So Don't what for- are you betting? I got the CBI. Of course you do. The CBI, and we got a big one. The Hatters of Stetson taking on Coastal Carolina. Uh, Bellamine, yes, that's a D1 program. They're playing today. It's a bit, there's always things. And DraftKings, they have lines for all the women's games, too. And there's a lot of them again today. Oh, I'll be firing. Don't uh, you worry. Uh, so you like a game in the CBI? I like both of them. You like both of them. Well, we'll pick your Some brain. Some people might say it's a sickness. No, a lot of people, Trent. Oh. Uh, it's 1460 KX and Owen 106. With Charmin. Trent Condon here again for the Urology Center of Iowa. Well, the big bracket is here, but that doesn't mean you can't find sports on TV to watch after your vasectomy. We got baseball's opening day right around the corner. How about if you're a golf fan, that beautiful tournament in Augusta and the Urology Center of Iowa is taking appointments right now for vasectomies. Give them a call, 515-400-3550 or schedule online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it on KXNO. Just let this play. See you tomorrow. Love it, don't you? I really do. All right, final couple of minutes here. Miller and Condon. All right, TC. You haven't bet. Well, I shouldn't say that. You probably have uh, bet these schools. Uh huh. Um, who do you like? I have three picks today. I'm going to throw all three of them out because I'll be honest. I do not have the strongest of feelings. Yesterday, my best bet, the over in the Iowa Oregon game, coasted in. Mm-hmm. Like the USC, I also had some losers on the other side, including Ohio, the Bobcats. Shut up for a while. And We're going to have Mr. Bobcat on tomorrow, by the way. Bill Bender. Bill Bender joins us, yep. Trying to kind of dig out of that one and just never could get back over the hump against Creighton. So there's two CBI games. And you're right. Yes, I, I have bet on these teams. <laughs> the first one, Coastal Carolina, lane six and a half. I'm going to lay the points against Stetson. Bet on They're Stetson. a football school, Trent. They, they are. The shit clears. Uh, going to lay them the number with them. And then Bellamine. And I've been joking about them. They're getting five against I've Pepperdine. never heard of them. They are in their first year transitioning into D1. And they're pretty good offensively. they got a couple of, of spots that metrics like them. That's why I bet them a couple of times this year. So I'm going to jump back aboard with the Knights from Bellamine once again and grab the five with the second. And finally, Iowa today in the women's tournament. Yep. They play Kentucky. It's 4-5 game, toss-up game. What time? Middle of the afternoon, right? Yep. 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 And this, from what I saw Kentucky and have seen of Kentucky this year, they're really athletic, really quick in the guards, and Iowa defensively, much like the men, that's a place where they really struggle here. (laughs) Kentucky's plus 150 on the money line. DraftKings only has money lines for the women's tournament, but you can bet on it. I'm going to do just that. Give me Kentucky to knock off the Hawkeyes in the women's tournament for my third pick of the day. All right, that segment brought to you by our friends at 1-800-BETS-OFF. 1-800-BETS-OFF. What, you're saying the problem? No, not at all. Uh, David Kaplan's with us tomorrow. It's Wednesday. Cappy joins us at 11.05. Look forward to that segment each and every week. Thank you, Centurion Stone of Iowa, for making that possible. Uh, Murph and Andy in a one. The Fanatics at three. The Fanatics have T.J. Otzelberger today at 3.30 joining them. Of course, Morning Rush kicks it off tomorrow at 6. We're Miller and Condon weekdays 10 to noon on 1460. KX and Owen 106.3 FM.
Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Call Craig at 515-282-3000. 282-3000. It's Global Direct.